This is Newhouse at Night. Hear tomorrow's star broadcasters today, live on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio Syracuse. All right, all right, all right. Whether you're outside in this freezing cold weather or bundled up inside with some hot chocolate and blankets, it's time for some new house at night, 6 to 7 p.m. with my partner in crime, Michael Villegas. I'm Luke Schwartz, and we are jumping right into Syracuse men's basketball last night. But before we get there, last week we did a little bit about food, so we figured, you know what, let's talk about it again. Michael, what did you have for lunch today? What I had for lunch, uh, so... I had pizza. It was bad. I'm trying to eat healthy. Okay. I did have pizza. It's three slices in the SMC three? office. I did. I had to try them. It was a okay. new spot. Okay. What was the name of it? it was pizza Cutter. Pizza Cutter. Pizza Cutter. It was good. Yeah. We're the not sponsored pizza. by them, but it was a little plug for them. It was good pizza. Good yeah. pepperonis up there. Yeah. It was good pizza. And I was also in the mood for pizza. Yeah. Just personally, because my best friend down in Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Pembroke Pines, John the Baker, Got rated by Dave Portnoy. Got a 7-6. Great rating. So that is good. Well, there. So I was in the mood for pizza anyway. I had it on the mind. And uh, celebrating some birthdays in January for here at Newhouse Sports Media Center. Students. So I had a little pizza. What about yourself? You know, I had one slice of pizza because there were 37 boxes in the office. So I figured I should at least take one <laughs> slice so it doesn't all go somewhere else. But then when I came back from the gym... Uh, it was the overload pre-package in the brown lunch sack that I continue to make for myself. I'm 23 years old, folks, and I still pack my own brown sack <laughs> lunch bag. Uh, old-fashioned way. Old-fashioned. All right, peanut butter sandwich, but no jelly. Hmm. No jelly. I've done that ever since I was in kindergarten. You you put a jar of jelly in my face, I'm going to smack that as far away from Is me. It, have you tried jelly? I have. The the. The consistency, the texture. What kind of jelly was it? Was it grape? Ah, it was... Look, it was a bad memory. And okay. I just, I don't Source really subject. feel comfortable okay. talking That's about fair. this right Source now. Source subject. It's okay. <laughs> Sensitive subject. Okay. So, Hit a nerve. so Hit just, a nerve. just a peanut butter sandwich, <laughs> uh, carrots, grapes, uh, peanuts, Cheez-Its, granola bar, and fruit snacks. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a big lunch. Sounds like my fifth grade lunch right there. <laughs> That's what it was. It's great. Just water. peanut butter. Doesn't don't you need like someone to wash it down? I just feel like all that peanut butter in your mouth. I, mean, be like, I don't know. That's just me. I try to chew with my mouth closed, but I feel like I'll catch myself sometimes, like a dog, where it's trying to get the last bit. The fact that you have to try, that you have to try. <laughs> well, it's to true. Eat. It's a little bit stickier. You than... have to try to eat with your mouth. Good. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit difficult. I'm sorry, but I had I had water. Yeah, it's just peanut butter. Yeah. Have you tried peanut butter and fluff? Oh my. Dude. Peanut butter and fluff. So good. That's good. Wow. That's good stuff. Now you're making me even more hungry, yeah. and I feel like I just had lunch. Yeah, right? Now well, we're... grad students, you, you typically have lunch way later than you're supposed to because yep. you're in class. So That's Your days the... are all over the place. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't get me started. All right. Well, uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> a little Jim Carrey moment right there. But uh, going from food and over to sports, last night, Syracuse men's basketball in a matchup against number six ranked Virginia, where at times it looked like Syracuse was going to have their best upside of the year. And then just like how anyone could have predicted the game to go, just like it did against North Carolina and then on the road against Miami, Syracuse chokes it away in the fourth quarter. And you and I were there. We we're watching from the stands, got to be fans instead of working the game, which mm-hmm. was a different perspective. Up in the 300 rows, wearing our white for the blizzard out. Oh, yeah. What was your take on last night's game? Um, it was just like any other game that we've been to that we've watched where it's high level competition, right? It's uh, 
first thing is I'm surprised that Syracuse was like, you know, in it because you think, all right, it's number six coming in here and it's going to be, might be a rough game. A lot of people showed up for it. We were in traffic for a while before getting in there. A lot of people showed up on a Monday night game, um, but they were in it for, for all the game. And usually I say, and I think I said this last show on last Tuesday, that it, they're a second half team. Then the first half, they just trail, trail, trail. And then the second half, they wake up and they get everything going. This game, they did play a complete game, but my, my thing was just the rebounding was absolutely atrocious. It really was. Malik Brown seemed like he was the only guy that could pull down a rebound. And you have Jesse Edwards, almost seven-footer down there, that, that can't pull down a rebound. The second-chance shots that were going up on defensive end, it was, I, that's what I think. It was very frustrating. I didn't like the boxing out. I think I said that. I don't know how many times I was screaming that as a fan from the 300 levels, and maybe they heard. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think the rebounding uh, just wasn't, wasn't there, and that was the big frustrating part for me. I really want to answer exactly what you just said right now, but I just noticed something. Mm-hmm. You have your laptop out. Why are you holding? A I pen just in your like hand? my pen. Can you just leave me alone? <laughs> it's my safety blanket. It's my pen for those watching. I do have a pen. Okay. So I, I feel official. How about that one? No, it, it looks okay. good. It looks good on camera. I was just looking. I just I'm like, where's his notepad over there? You let me be. I'm gonna one. start having a notepad now. Now you made me insecure about <laughs> it. Sorry. Thanks. Way I'm to sorry. go, Luke. Last Way to you put do. me on blast. Oh, right on air. Way to go. Oh my gosh. But, no, I couldn't agree with you more. That was the frustrating part. And, look, I will give credit. I thought this was actually one of Jesse's better games. He had 14 points, 7 rebounds. And Virginia took notice of the fact that he was doing a great job on the block and they consistently double-teamed him. And so even on the defensive side, too, yes, he lacked on the rebounding aspect. And Malik Malik Brown has done a really good job of flying in, boxing out, and getting rebounds. But it just felt like Syracuse lacked mobility around the arc when Jesse Edwards had the basketball. Yeah. Whenever you played basketball as a kid or you're playing it where it's a rec league, YMCA, doesn't matter. Coaches always say move without the basketball. And it just yeah. felt like Syracuse was frozen solid last night. I mean, Joe was standing around the arc, Judah up top. They were waiting for the ball to get passed back out. Has Syracuse ever heard of a backdoor cut or, or an off-ball screen? There was none of that last night. And then the times that we actually saw it, maybe a few times, it worked great. There were some seamless passes and some great drives inside because everyone was moving. But it felt like when Jesse got the basketball, everyone just was like, let's watch Jesse now. Yeah. And then when he got double teamed, he had to kick it out. And Syracuse just had a rush to the basket because the shot clock kept winding down. Yeah, they they kept trapping Jesse down in the paint because it was a mismatch just because of his height. He needs, I he just really needs to get more physical. It's it's really just tough to watch someone that big with such a mismatch down in the paint. I would feed him all day, but it's he he passes it away, and then Judah Mintz has to create something for himself. Joe Gerard, you know, shoots up a three with with the shot clock running out, like you said, and the ball movement was frozen. Like there there was no movement. Uh, and I just feel like Judah Mintz always has to put the team on his back, drive, draw a foul, ends up at the free throw line, something to that nature. And Jesse Edwards' free throw, I just, I don't know. Because he gets hacked <laughs> down there in the paint, but it needs to improve, in my opinion, because that was also frustrating as a fan to watch. Um, and then late in the game, I'm, also, I, I'm not the type of person that will blame uh, officials. Like I don't blame refs. Like If you play, you play your game. It should not, you know, you control the outcome of the game. But last night, also, there were calls late in the game that were questionable. That I was like, really? Like, none were going for, for Virginia. And then they were all seemed like on Syracuse at the end there. Jesse Edwards did get a little physical at the end there. He was getting yeah. the paint. They call offensive foul on him. 
it was it just seemed like it just wasn't going their way to close out the game, which is one of the questions that um, Coach Beheim received a couple games ago from a student here. And I know, uh, you know, uh, Brent Axe or Professor Axe was saying before the game or before uh, our show here, uh, the perspective for students as student journalists, student reporters going to these games and reporting on them and then being able to go to the press conference afterwards and asking Coach Beheim some some regular questions, some, I think, fair questions that should be answered. And um, that if he's a little bit more snarky to young student reporters versus professional ones, I don't know. Um, I've been to one press conference of his, um, wasn't able to ask a question, but I have started to see this. Even last night I saw um, at the press conference that he did get a little snippy with, that's the, he said something to the nature of, that's the most important question you have right now, like in, in terms of the press conference. But with our, our other buddy, John Eads, he even said a question and he left the press conference and stormed out. So I, I don't, I don't know if he has a little bit more short temper. As, I don't know about you. You can speak to this, but I know coming in here in our classes um, and professors, they kind of, he has the reputation that, that definitely came off in week one here that Coach Beheim has that reputation to be a little bit short or a little <laughs> bit, you know, stern. He's not going to, you know, beat around the bush or, or hold his words there. But so he has that reputation. I know that, but I don't know if I see the difference if it's targeted towards student reporters. What do you, what do you think? He definitely has a certain type of view when it comes to us walking into that post-game press conference locker room. I've noticed it. Mm -hmm. The air changes a little bit. And I understand that because when you have someone like Mike Waters, who's a Hall of Fame writer, ask you a question, that's automatic respect because you already know that's on his resume. Whereas when I ask him a question, he has no idea who I am. I've seen him a few times, shook his hand. I've asked him questions, but... He's not taking the time out of his day to know who I am, whereas Mike Waters has been here for almost two decades now talking to Coach Beheim and establishing a relationship. But here's the one thing. When you're in that post-game press room, like the the post-game press conference, the only way you can get past those doors and the security guards is with a pass. You have a credential. That that credential wasn't just like, here, you know what, whoever off the street. Yeah. It's... It's dedicated, hardworking students that want to be in this business and are trying to crack in and doing the best possible job that they can. And we are told every day to use better sounding questions with how and why instead of yes or no questions. And I felt like John Ede's question was a fair to the point question. And he used, why have you guys not been able to, it it could have been worded a little bit differently. It it could have been, but it's a fair question. I think it's because of who asked it that it wasn't answered. If, If Mike Waters asked that question, I'm not trying to use him as the only person, but it's just someone that is very well known. Another professor here. Yeah, exactly. I think Beheim would not have stormed out. But I think because it's a student, it's that, well, you don't have respect for me, so I'm not going to respect you. And that's not the case. We are doing everything we can to tiptoe around you, even though that is literally our job, is to ask questions. We, Mike Waters said a great quote when I was interviewing him before. He said, look, when you're a beat reporter for Syracuse men's basketball team, he said, I don't care if they win or lose because fans come in with orange or blue tinted glasses. I have to see clear and I have to report on the game. Mm-hmm. We're trying to report on the game. If you expect us to go in there and throw you softball questions because we're Syracuse media, you are mistaken. Yeah. I And, and just you from you talking just made me think of something, too, is just I think that's why Syracuse is one of the top uh, 
broadcasting or reporting journalism schools in the country, communication schools in the country, is because they give us opportunities like that to real-world experience going into a press conference and asking Coach Beheim real questions. Like, you're, you're treated as a professional, and you should act as such, and therefore we should ask questions as professionals. Like, we're not just students with an asterisk. Like, you are a professional. You're going to dress. You're going to look the part. You, you are the part. And that's why we get that experience. And then something that also just came to my mind is, is that maybe, maybe it's good practice. Like, maybe it's good practice for a student. Like, it, you know, if he's a little bit harder on students, maybe we're going to go into the field and get hired, you know, as a professional and not just a student anymore. And you might run into a Bill Belichick or, you know, a professional <laughs> whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you're like, hey, I've done this before. I was in a press conference with Coach Bateheim. I'm fine. Let it, you know, roll off the back and fine. Brush it off your shoulder. Hey, it was a little snarky question. Fine. It's going to happen. Might as well rip off the Band-Aid here, you know, in, in school. You know, and then go out into the real world and say, it doesn't bother me. I, I've been there before and gotten that experience. So it could be a learning experience. It just depends on how you look at it. Um, so you can be a glass half full or if it was me. But yeah, so that's that's what I think about just kind of his, I guess, attitude towards the student reporters. It, it's it's a Bayheim tude. I'm, you know, putting the hyphen between it or whatever, because I just, <laughs> you just never know what you're going to get with the guy, basically. And it's creating thick skin mm-hmm. for us as yeah. reporters, as journalists, but I think there's a balance that needs to be struck between the two to where there's a common respect. Yeah. And I don't think we as student journalists are getting that right now. And it is unfortunate because you go into that women's basketball postgame press conference, Felicia yeah. Leggett Jack treats everyone the exact yeah. same. Think about it this way. If we were to hand a note card to Bayheim with our questions on it and they're anonymous we're not even in the room and he's just looking at a camera and he sees the question come up like on a little chat board and he has to answer the question he has no idea who's asking them I bet you he gives everyone a straight up answer because he doesn't know because it's anonymous but the fact that he can see us and who's asking the question that's what changes it it. could be it could be he does have the reputation like he does do it with professional journalists you know from reporters you know around the area that are working he i mean he, i think he does treat them too i don't know if it's a little bit more with students like, i'm not sure if that's the question there but you know professor waters mike waters the beat reporter for for syracuse.com um he even says that sometimes like you know uh coach Beheim will get short with him or yeah. get it just depends on his mood i just don't know if it's a little bit more with students or a little bit easier or short-tempered, shorter fuse, whatever you call it, with students. I don't know. I don't know. Like It's tough. It's we'll, tough. We'll have to see, but... We were warned when we came here. We were. Like, so we knew that reputation. We knew, we knew it coming in, and it wasn't like, a, you know, this crazy blow-up. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a Hall of Fame coach, 47th season with the Orange, one national championship. I mean, the guy has a little bit of a right to, to refuse some poorly worded questions but back-to-back weeks in the last two home games where he's had you know some snide remarks to student reporters yeah it's difficult but like you said it's the business we're gonna have to face coaches like that all throughout the rest of our career which is uh fun 
<laughs> with hey, the capital F U N. That's part of the gig. Right. You know, that's that comes with the territory. So you accept it. If you learn from it, if you don't take it personally, it is what it is. And it's in the moment. He just lost a game too, a close game True. to number six. Like you have to think about where his mind is at when you're asking him these questions. Absolutely. Like I wouldn't be the you know happy go lucky to answer everyone's question really? too. I know, shocking. <laughs> I know, I know. It's I shocking. Know. Me, right? happy go lucky. <laughs> Who would have thunk? But um, yeah. So you have to think of where his mind is at after these games. It's it shouldn't change your questions. It's still fair questions that you should be asking. But like you have to take that into account. All right, he already has this reputation. They just lost a close game to number six Virginia, where it could have put a real good stamp on their season, right? And so that that also factors into it, and just kind of like people's moods. He's a human being, just just like any one of us. We get angry, we get upset, we have a bad day, and then you got people that are coming in and you asking these questions that that might aggravate you. But that's our job. So it's it's a half and half. Well, hopefully Syracuse can win their next home game, which is NC State on February 14th, and then Bayheim will be a little bit happier, and yeah. the questions won't be as harsh. When we come back, we're talking about the Pro Bowl, and if it even makes sense to have this anymore as the years go on with the new ASC QB selections. You're listening to Newhouse at Night here on ESPN Radio and watching on QSportsTalk.com. Back after these messages. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is Newhouse at Night. Hear tomorrow's star broadcasters today. Live on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio Syracuse. And welcome back into segment two of the 7 o'clock hour here on Newhouse at Night. I promised a special guest, and here he is. We are pleased to bring in Sam Corcoran, a sophomore here at Syracuse at Newhouse, a broadcast and digital journalism major just like Adam and myself. And uh, just like Adam and I, Sam works at Citrus TV, does some work for them. Mm -hmm. And for those of you listening who don't know, Sam was the one who asked last night Jim Beheim the question about Benny Williams, and I'm sure everyone listening has heard uh, has heard that soundbite as uh, up to this point about 24 hours later. Uh, Jim Beheim, let's put it this way, was not too happy uh, about that question. So we thought it would be great to bring Sam in to get his perspective on the situation. So Sam, first of all, thanks so much for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. I'm really excited to talk about this. Yeah. It was a, it's been a, been an interesting 24, almost like 22 <laughs> hours, I guess. Yeah, with, right. Uh, my phone's been going kind of crazy. <laughs> been, been on Twitter a lot, lots of people commenting. So yeah, yeah. it's it's been interesting, but yeah, it was it was an interesting night last night to say the least. Definitely, definitely. So you were the photog for Citrus TV. I was, yes. So, uh, so you weren't even technically the reporter that night for Citrus TV, but of course, as the photog, you were you were there I'm in the to, press room. You're in the press room and if to even, film it. If you're in the press room, you can you ask, can ask it doesn't, questions. Exactly, yep. it doesn't matter what you have. That's yep. that's the beauty of Syracuse University. They allow you to ask questions, whatever role you have that night. So, right. yeah. Yeah, and I think earlier that night, uh, it was no one knew really the whole extent of the Benny Williams situation, but it was said, I believe, that Jim Beheim would address it in the post game. So he had to be expecting that question. So can you just talk us a little bit through that? I mean, you were the one who stepped up and asked him that question, and then just what was your reaction in that whole moment, uh, hearing his response and afterwards? Yeah, so about 30 minutes before tip, uh, Donna DeTota of Syracuse.com reported that Jim uh, that Benny Williams was not in the Dome at all last night. Yeah. So. 
that, I mean, I was talking to some other people I was with, uh, Ian Unsworth, who was reporting for Citrus TV, a few other people from different media outlets. They were all a bit surprised uh, to hear this news. It's the biggest game of the year. Benny Williams has been chastised by Coach Bayheim a lot yep. this season. So why why is he not here for the most important game? So Jim Bayheim will address it in this. Uh, will address the status after the game per Dakota. So I he go, we go to the press conference after the heartbreaking loss yep. for Syracuse, and in the opening statement, I thought the first thing would be something about Benny Williams. Instead, he only talked about the game, and when it came time for questions, there was about a second pause after. After he said his opening statement, by which none of it had to do with Benny Williams. So I stepped up and I asked, Coach, what's the status on Benny Williams? And I was expecting a some sort of response about that. I, I was When he said, is that your question? Is that the most important question? I was a bit thrown off. So yeah. for those who did not listen to it, I countered back by saying he wasn't in the Dome tonight. Beheim asked the same question again. I responded with the same response. Then he said, I'll get to the question. I said, all right. We stared each other down for a few seconds. Um, <laughs> and then he, and then came the line, your attitude isn't that great either. Yeah. Um, and a bit, of, a bit of a chuckle from him. But, um, yeah, I was kind of thrown off by it. I was, yeah. I, first of all, in my opinion, it was the most important question of the night. Absolutely. Be- it 100% was. Because Benny, <laughs> Benny Williams is a starter. It was a former starter on this team who's been criticized by Bayheim in almost every Every press conference, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And the fact he, he gets benched Saturday, the next game, which is the biggest game of the year for Syracuse, he's not in the Dome at all, that raises some red flags. There's a lot of mystery, a lot of surprise with that. And I was, and the, also the fact that the report was that he would address it after the game. My guess is that he didn't get the memo of that, that yeah, the PR right. people put that out there, right. didn't talk to him didn't about that him. and put him out there. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think it could have been handled a little bit differently from the university. Maybe a okay. press release could have been something in the works because you want those answers before the game. Definitely. Overall, I think this conflict could have been avoided, uh, not on my part. I feel like, yeah. as yeah. a journalist, I feel like I did my part. If I had a bad attitude, then so be it. I'm just doing my job. I could care less. I'm not really phased by what Coach Bayheim said. But overall, it was it was just it was interesting in that newsroom, and it, it's not the first time he's chastised uh, a Citrus TV reporter in the oh. UNC game. Our own John Eads, yep. our colleague John Eads, asked why Syracuse couldn't close out games, and Beheim walked out of the press conference and stare, st- uh, stared him down. So I was a bit surprised. He ended up saying that Benny. He ended up answering my question after not wanting to answer it, yeah. which also kind of surprised me. What was the point of the 10 seconds before of you staring me down and trying to make fun of me. I didn't really understand that. You could have just said Benny had was dealing with a personal thing and he will practice Wednesday. You could have just said that right off the bat. My other question is to Coach Beheim. Did you expect? Did you not expect people to ask you that question? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. Benny Williams is a former starter on this team, and he's not in the dome for the most important game, as I already said. He knew that question was. He coming, knew that right? question was coming. Yeah. There was no reason he had to act like that. Absolutely. Right. If we go back to the Virginia Tech game, one of their players was not with the team. Mike Young, the coach, the coach of Virginia Tech, right at the start of his opening statement said why, and that's how it normally is. And, Sam, so you're in an interesting spot. I also want to bring up one more point before you said that. Uh, when Benny Williams has been sick a few times this year. Mm-hmm. Coach Bayham brought him up first. Yeah. He didn't bring him up first this time, so I was also right. surprised by that. So, yeah. And so back, uh, back to kind of what this has been like for you. The initial tweet has over 600,000 views now. One of your tweets has over 300,000 views. Your voice was on SVP last night. Mm-hmm. There's been a New York Post article about it. 
just personally, what has it been like for you? Because it's not the easiest situation, I have to imagine. I mean, I wouldn't say it's it's not easy. I, I, it's not hard, I'll say. Like, at the end of the day, I, I just think he could have handled it better. I'm not really phased by this. It's, I appreciate all the kind words from the former Newhouse alum that have been reaching out to me, from the Syracuse fans that have been reaching out to me, from other media personalities across the nation reaching out to me. But at the end of the day, I'm just doing my job as a journalist and asking what the most important questions are to the people who know the answers to them. So at the end of the day, just being a journalist, you're going to get hard questions in your life. And people are not going to like your questions is what I should say. And at the end of the day, Jim Beheim didn't like my question. We live and we learn. We move on. Yeah, very, very interesting. So, of course, yeah, you mentioned the John Eads situation last week. So that's now... What two straight home games where in the span of a week for that matter? In the span of a week, yeah, or six days or whatever. Uh, where, yeah, Jim, Be- do you think that that these reactions from Beheim just has to do with, you know, him maybe realizing he's getting towards the end of his career, frustrated with the season, his immediate reaction after a game? Like, do you have any do you have any opinion on that, or do you just not know? Oh, I I don't really know, but I'll say this: if Syracuse won that game, I think his answer would have been a little bit different. I think the yeah. the losing. I mean, he's. From in my opinion, I think Jim Beheim will finish with his second losing season. His career is winding right. down. Yeah. I do agree with you on that. It's got to be frustrating for him, and I don't blame him for being frustrated. Mm-hmm. I just think he could have handled it better, and I'm curious to see if he has anything else to say uh, later on this week. I know he does a show uh, on TK99 every week, so I'm curious to see if he has anything to say about that. Right. And of course, the uh, the Jim Beheim coaches so, show. I think it's what Thursday nights on TK ninety nine. Yep. Seven PM. Yep. Mm-hmm. ESPN Syracuse. Tune in for that. I'm sure it's going to be interesting. But before we let you go, Sam, you were on the baseline for the game. You were right there. Kind of give me your takeaways from that game. You know, outside of the whole Beheim situation, that just as someone who was you know what five feet away from the action, what you saw. Yeah. First of all, I think the first thing that really came to my mind is the dome was rocking last night. That was the loudest I've heard the dome being on the court with the student section behind me, especially in the second half, I was on the side closest right. to the student section. And when Syracuse hit a, had went on on a stretch, when they were in the lead, if Syracuse was in the lead and someone hit a free throw and Virginia's walking up the court with the ball, then you could not hear a thing. It was mm-hmm. so loud. And credit to the Virginia players. They're the sixth team in the nation. They were, in my opinion, the better team last night. I understand that Syracuse fought really hard. They match up really well against the Cavaliers. But at the end of the day, Virginia was the better team. It was super fun to watch the game, though. Um, I thought Judah Mintz played really well. I yep. thought I thought it was a valiant team effort from Syracuse. And sure. I honestly thought Coach Beheim did coach a really good game, in my opinion. I know he he I may he may not want he may I may not be his best friend anymore. But <laughs> I thought I thought he coached a really good game overall. And I thought yeah. I thought it was just Virginia was the better team. At the end of the day, Syracuse did all they can. He said it. He's that's what that's something he said in his opening statement. He said, mm-hmm. I think the first thing he said was, I thought we played a really great game. And yeah, Coach Beheim, you're right. Your team did play a really good game. Yeah, right. I think he said it was what the best game of the season for his team. Oh, I, I completely agree. I think it was, I think it was, I understand they lost, but considering the opponent they were playing, I think it was one of the best games of the season. There was, there's some other good games in there. Georgetown was really great oh, to yeah. watch. Yeah. Georgia Tech, that run was super good to watch. There's a lot of good games, but. The UVA game, I think, and Judah Mintz said this um, when we were, when Ian and I went to the locker room after sure. to ask the players. Uh, Judah Mintz said that I, he, like, he understands that Syracuse can't close out close games, but at the end of the day, they're on the they're on the right track. 
And I'm not, I understand 10 losses. It's really not good. That just screams NIT. It does. But yeah. don't, don't, the season is not over yet. Syracuse always has a tendency to do well in March. If they perform well in the ACC tournament, if they can win a lot of games down the stretch, I think there's still a chance that they could make this NCAA tournament. It's a very mm. long shot. They have to play almost a perfect season, which could be hard considering that they ha- don't still don't have a quad one win. They're going to need that badly. But at the end of the day, I think the future is bright in Syracuse, whether it not be this season, whether it be next season with the freshmen becoming sophomore. We just had uh, Syracuse just had Elijah Moore commit to the school. I think the future is bright. Definitely, yeah. Interesting getting Sam's perspective on the team and the season as a whole, uh, not just focusing in on that particular question last night. Well, thank you so much, Sam, for coming on. Thank we you know, guys for having yeah, me. Yeah, we know that everyone likes to hear about us talk about the games and stuff, but of course, this was big news. And, and, and feels like it feels like the press conference. I mean, obviously, I'm probably biased because well, the press no. conference has more of an impact on my life. Right. But, but it exactly. seems like I've 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 been seeing a lot of more stuff about the press conference than, than the, the actual game. game. Yeah. So, so and, and we're all part of the media, so we thought it was only fitting to have you on. And, Absolutely. And really freshen up the perspective for the audience to get the very man himself who asked the question to come on and give that perspective. So thanks so much, Sam, uh, for coming on. We really appreciate it on yeah, last-second notice. Totally. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was yeah. great talking about this. Absolutely. And keep up the great work, as always. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see you around. Appreciate it. <laughs> all right. That's Sam Corcoran right there here on Newhouse at Night. We'll step aside for a quick break and come back with more Newhouse house that night here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Stick around. We're only at the midway point of the show. If that, we have much more to talk about in the world of Syracuse sports.